0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Thanks for tuning in and making Washington Watch part of your day. We're coming up after repeatedly claiming the southern border was secure, The Biden administration is now sending 1,500 U.S. troops to the border. For 90 days, these 1,500 military personnel who will be sourced from the active duty component
2: will fill critical capability gaps in light of the changes on May 11th and the uh,
3: anticipated surge. Uh, DHS did reach out and, and request this support.
1: That was Pentagon Press Secretary General Pat Ryder. But the White House is downplaying the development.
4: We're committed uh, to managing this challenge, again, in a safe, orderly, and humane way. Uh, that is what we have said since the beginning of
5: this administration. That's what we will continue to do.
1: Hmm. We're going to talk about that a little bit later with Virginia Congressman Bob Good. And the Senate scare leader is still trying to spook Americans about the debt ceiling. Speaker McCarthy and the
2: hard right have made the odds of default go up. By handing his gavel over to the hard right, the speaker is giving the American, giving the American people two terrible options, either default on the debt or default
6: on the country.
1: Uh, That was Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer. North Carolina Congressman Greg Murphy joins us in just a moment. Also, Iran seized another oil tanker yesterday in the narrow Strait of Hormuz. This was the second tanker seized by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps in a week. Meanwhile, what is the U.S. Navy doing? They're using sailors as drag queens to help with their tanking recruiting numbers
3: first year in the Navy, I did not do drag for like almost a year and a half when I first joined. I didn't do drag. I was learning to be a sailor. And after kind of getting back into it, I kind of almost refound my love in drag again because of the Navy.
1: That was uh, Yeoman, second class Joshua Kelly. Hmm. And guess who's celebrating the U.S. military's wokeness? China. China is working every angle to take down America And that's just one of many. We're going to talk about it. This same promotion of perversion is permeating our foreign policy as well. We're going to talk with former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, who was a member of the House Select Committee on Intelligence. And another shooting, this time in Atlanta.
2: We have a multi-jurisdictional effort underway to bring this individual to justice and ensure that we remove him from the street. Everyone considered him still armed and presenting a danger to whatever community he may find himself in at this time.
1: That was Atlanta Police Chief Darren Sheerbaum earlier this afternoon. What's fueling this violence and lawlessness? I mean, every day it's a new shooting, it's some type of attack. I'm going to be joined by the former mayor of Cincinnati, Ken Blackwell. We're going to have that conversation. And here is some good news, uh, some good news out of Kansas. Republican lawmakers overrode a veto of Democrat Governor Laura Kelly. Now, Kelly vetoed a measure that essentially defined a woman as a woman. It was a woman's protection bill, simply protecting women in private spaces and sports. Now, did you ever think, did you ever think we would be at a point where legislatures would have to essentially define male and female? I mean, really? We're going to be joined by the sponsor of the bill, Kansas State Senator Renee Erickson, a little bit later. Our word for today comes from Ezekiel 45, verses 9 and 10. Thus says the Lord God, enough, O princes of Israel, Put away violence and oppression and execute justice and righteousness. Cease your evictions of my people, declares the Lord. You shall have just balances, a just ephah and a just bath. Now, this word from the prophet Ezekiel is focused on the millennial kingdom of God. But in this message, we find a message about government. It says government should protect the people from injustice and oppression, not oppress them with excessive taxes and burdens and take their property. This prophetic word also makes clear something else. Civil government is from God. It is subservient to God and should serve his purposes, but God established it. God honors government, and the government is to honor God and stay within its divinely designated lane. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to TonyPerkins.com. As the debt ceiling debate continues and with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy scheduled to go to the White House next week, President Biden still insists he will not negotiate on the debt ceiling. Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell will also attend Tuesday's meeting, but says the resolution resides with the president and the speaker. With the federal government perhaps as few as four weeks from defaulting on the debt, will the president Recognize that the American people gave the Republicans control of the House for a reason. Joining me now to discuss this is Congressman Greg Murphy, who is a member of the House Ways and Means Committee. He represents the 3rd Congressional District of North Carolina. Dr. Murphy, welcome back to the program.
2: Nice to see you,
1: Tony. Hope you're doing well. I am doing well. Thank you. The the president has uh, dug in his heels that he will not negotiate on the budget. Now, I, I find it interesting. Previously, he said he wouldn't even meet with Kevin McCarthy. Now he's meeting. What do you think is next?
2: He's going to have to come out, and the American people are essentially demanding this. You know, I look at this somehow, Tony, as, you know, Biden, as per Robert Gates, has been on the wrong side of every foreign policy decision in the last 40 years. So I think he's been on the wrong side of every domestic decision now for at least the last two years. This is something that has to be sat down. We got this had this voted out of a Republican House, and uh, it is now in their laps, and for them to stick their head in the sand like they've done through so many of their crises, the southern border, the opioid epidemic, what happened in Afghanistan, won't continue. The American people will demand something that uh, they come to the table and try to find some reasonable path uh, towards affording default. I,
1: that's my sense, Greg, that you have the the administration first saying we're not going to meet on this issue but after the Republicans passed a way forward out of the House, uh, the, the, I think the president's forced to meet. And I think you're right. I think he's going to be forced to take some steps, some reasonable steps, to meet Republicans halfway.
2: No, I absolutely think so. You know, this is what our form of government is. We have now two major political parties. There is a give and take. That's what the American people expect from government. You know the Biden administration really, since day one, has seen their uh, their administration to be primarily one-party rule, and this so akin, pretty much, to communist China. I guess guess where about that is with this president. He wants one-party rule, one one communist party, uh, Marxist party, which is what this administration is turning this country to. The American people don't tolerate that. They're not going to tolerate that. They do, for the vast majority, uh, want compromise. Compromise right. is what has moved this nation forward for the last 200 plus years, and they're going to need it. It's going to they're going to demand it in this particular situation also. But,
1: Congressman, historically, the Republicans usually have caved and they have allowed the Democratic Party to basically call the shots, even when they did not have both houses, uh, both chambers of, of Congress. So this is a bit different in that the Republicans are actually standing firm and they're standing unified. This is different.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, we went through a a tortuous first week. I have my own opinion about whether that really needed to happen in the extent that it did. But I think other than maybe one or two individuals, we've come together really as a unified group. Um, We've noticed that we were able to respect our differences and work towards commonalities, compromise within our own party to move things forward. And so... um, you know, one of our greatest uh, detriments sometimes has been our individualism, which is our greatest asset, but sometimes our our greatest uh, detriment, sometimes individualism. But um, I think we're moving forward with this, and this is what the American people want. It's yeah. in their hands. It's in right. the Democrats' hands. Yeah. And to hear Tuck, Chuck Sumer um, call this nonsense, absolute nonsense, that uh, we're ruining the American people, you know— um, Basically, he's lying to the American
1: right. people. That's the Senate scare leader. Uh, all he's trying yeah. to do. He he's stuck in the COVID era where it's all about yeah. fear-mongering. Yeah, I, I want to swi- switch topics. You made reference to to China. You've spoken out about China's infiltration of American universities. Tell us about this.
2: Well, um, Tony, you know, this is another part where the the Biden administration, a lot of Americans have no idea about this, but the Chinese Communist Party has been attacking our educational system for many, many years, and this is what they've known: uh, they can do slowly, insidiously, and pretty much overtake this. They've attacked it on several different fronts. One is that they have these things called Confucius Institutes, institutes where they they conduct espionage on college campuses, and allowed to get away with it. The second is that, sadly enough, um. Chinese Communist Party uh, citizens from China are recruited onto campuses because why? They write a full check, a full check for colleges and universities. You don't have to worry about financial aid or anything. And they're happy to get the money um, from China. You know, third is so many endowments in this country. And I I, uh, submitted a bill last year, we're submitting again soon to pretty much tell colleges and universities, divest out of China you are feeding our greatest ed- enemy and adversary today and then finally uh, they have this thousand talents program where we're sending they're sending chinese uh scientists over to the united states to our our universities our scientific institutions where we're training them and then they're pulling them back you know there was said that 150 of them were at los alamos which are now back in china so they're stealing our intellectual capital in a, quote, official way, in, in, a, in as much as they're stealing it all the time, in an unofficial, um, in an unofficial way. So, guys, it, it needs America to wake up. And, you know, with the Biden administration pouring all this green energy money into China um, while they're actually cranking out solar panels only to crank out the tune of two coal plants a week in China mm-hmm. to feed our insatiable appetite for everything green. Guys, we need to wake up. They are an adversary, and they plan on world order, and they're attacking different institutions, primarily educational, financial, trade, um, to do this.
1: It's evident. The evidence is there. Th- this is not a question. It's beyond question what you've laid out there. Uh, yeah. But Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona was asked about this uh, Confucius Institute during a congressional hearing. He's, he denied even having knowledge about it. Uh What can be done? It it is. But this is this is like the enemy within our gates. I mean, we know what they want to do. They're telling us what they want to do and their actions prove that. What can Congress do?
2: Well, I think we submit legislation and we have to fight for it to be heard or or, uh, voted on in the Senate and try to pass the uh, try to get past the president. Problem is, I, I will say this and I'll say this without any type of restraint. I believe this president is compromised. I think he's, he's compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. We have seen how millions of dollars, and Representative Comer is showing this, have been transferred from the Communist Party to the Biden family. If he were not, let's just say if he were not, why was he so soft on trying to find the origins of COVID? Why is he so soft on, on trade restrictions uh, with China He's he's lifted tariffs temporarily off of China so that we can flood American tax dollars into China. Um, And so, you know, Tony, it goes on and on and on. Um, I wish I knew the right answer. Uh, The right answer is going to be 2024 if we can hold on for a nation that long. I honestly fear that if uh, we do not end up with a Republican president in this next election, we will not recognize this country in five years.
1: Yeah, there's responsibility at every level Voting, but it's also where we spend our money We need to yeah. be buying products Made in places other than China Because we too are fueling that machine When yeah. we buy these Chinese products I,
2: I will tell you, son, i didn't mean to interrupt you, Tony But I, I I put out, we put my team put out on Twitter today I think every individual needs to call their financial advisor And say, I want out of China yeah. And whether that be in mutual funds, in other stocks I want out of China. This is how Reagan was able to defeat the Soviet Union by financially starving it. the The Chinese domestic uh, economy cannot keep China up. It has to be right. exports that keep Chinese pi- party the Chinese Communist Party going. We need to starve China's economy.
1: Dr. Murphy, got to leave it there. Always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: All right, have a great day, Tony. God bless. Thanks.
1: Hey right, folks, stick with us. Congressman Bob Good joins us next. More China.
0: Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us on this Wednesday. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Where do we start? I mean, military troops on the southern border, 1,500 troops, active duty troops will now be on the southern border. uh, Anticipating yet another surge of illegal immigrants coming across the border. Drag queens to aid the Navy's recruiting shortfalls. I mean, where do we start? Well, I want to start here. Actually, earlier today, I, we were just talking about China. Well, earlier today, the chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, James Comer, frequent guest on the program, issued a subpoena to the FBI Director Christopher Wray, um, calling for him to hand over a bureau form that allegedly describes a criminal scheme involving then Vice President Joe Biden and an unnamed foreign national. They've been sitting on this. What might this tell us? Joining me now to discuss this and much more is Congressman Bob Goode. He serves on the House Budget Committee and the House Committee on Education and the Workforce. He represents the Fifth Congressional District of Virginia. Congressman Good, welcome back to the program.
3: Good evening, Tony. Great to be with you again, my friend.
1: So, Congressman, what's the FBI sitting on here?
3: Well, do you think, Tony, we would need a subpoena if this? file this document that apparently it's unclassified by the way would we need a subpoena for this to have been already been released if this were implicating a republican perhaps a republican presidential candidate god forbid someone connected to the trump family do you think we would need a subpoena this administration leaks highly sensitive materials classified documents mishandles those but of course they've covered up the contents of this memo this document this file apparently that uh kind of is the sort of the uh the uh Another great implicating uh, indicator of the Biden crime family. Now, how is this gentleman who has been in public office for his entire career assembled the wealth and the net worth to have a beachfront property uh, there in Rehoboth Beach, along with a large home in Wilmington, Delaware, and who knows what else? Uh, Here here is someone who has bragged about, you know, getting a prosecutor fired in in Ukraine to protect his son, uh, something that they allege that President Trump used, uh, you know, was going after uh, using his influence for, for whatever purposes on a phone call. And here this president has b- bragged about it while he was vice president. And you have to wonder once again, uh, the millions of dollars that the Biden crime family, as as I will echo what others have said, yeah. uh, the m- millions of dollars they've made off relationships, corrupt business deals in Ukraine, how's that influenced Ukraine policy where we sent them $100 billion and how is their corrupt business relationships with China influenced our Total unwillingness to confront China, to stand up to China, allowing China to bully us, to steal our intellectual property, to you know, undermine the, 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 our children with TikTok and, and, and so much more to bully us on the national stage. Uh, how much of that is influenced by the fact that this family is compromised in its business relationships with China?
1: It, it it this is quite amazing. I mean, the FBI had this. They've been sitting on it. I mean, this is become, like you said, the crime family has become like a a, a a Chinese water torture, drip, drip, drip. All these different elements of uh, wrongdoing, alleged wrongdoing and corruption. It's going to be very interesting to see what is turned Tony, over.
3: I want to commend the work of Jamie Comer on the Oversight Committee on the House side. And then, of course, uh, uh, Senators Johnson and Grassley on the Senate side. And what Comer has talked about, as you know, is. Uh, these these uh, suspicious activity reports that it comes to banking records. If you or I had two or three of those, we'd be under federal investigation uh, and would be in trouble. And here they have some hundred and seventy that have been discovered, uh, implicating as many as 12 members of the Biden crime family. As again, I'll say Uh, so, we will see where this goes. And I think this this this. What's been subpoenaed is going to really answer a lot of questions.
1: Well, I've had Senator Grassley and Johnson on the pro, both on the program. And and they were telling me how, how the, the FBI tried to shut them down even when they were having hearings, official hearings, basically trying to put the uh, kibosh on what they were surfacing. So you're right. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Very, ha- very, very thankful for the house leadership uh not just giving lip service to this but actually digging in i want to you've been very outspoken on the border i want to get your thoughts on the administration sending active duty troops to the southern border uh i know it's only in a logistical capacity but is this a tacit acknowledgement that their their border security or absence of border security has left our border open
3: i don't think so tony because they are Willfully and purposefully facilitating the border invasion. So they are not concerned about the open border that they have created. Now they are concerned about optics. So therefore, uh, yes, they want to utilize these additional resources, these 1,500 troops, to try to facilitate the invasion into the country, the release into the country of more illegals as they expect the surge from the elimination of Title 42. I've, as you know, been to the border five times in my first uh, just over two years now, and I've seen the National Guard there at the border. We don't have a problem with resources. We don't have a problem with personnel. We have a, a problem with a willful disregard for our laws uh, and policies that w- that were in place when President Trump got there uh, that you know, President Biden, of course, has totally rescinded. So these uh, 1500 troops will only be used to try to bring more uh, illegal aliens into the country more quickly that's the goal. It. That's what they're doing. That's what they're executing. And that's what's so important about the House bill that I hope that we're going to be able to consider next week as we anticipate coming out of the combined bill with judiciary and homeland security, because it, what it will do is to codify in law the good policies that President Trump had in place. This would, would bring them into law. Of course, we get through the Senate and get the president to sign them so that another president just couldn't come and rescind it without working through Congress. So it would help strengthen what President Trump was doing
1: it it's um i mean it, it, i'm trying to put wrap my mind around the fact that we could have a surge at the border i mean we've had we've been in a surge at the border i mean how many more people could come across than have already come across
3: yeah the estimate tony is that we'll go from roughly 200,000 a month to 400,000 a month these folks are smart uh they understand they know our policies and our and our uh our our, our open border uh, better than we do and they're paying thousands of dollars to the criminal Cartels. No one and nothing comes across the board uh, border rather, without enriching the Mexican crime cartels. They couldn't have designed a better border policy for themselves if they had done it themselves. And it's really unconscionable. You, you just can't give sufficient time and attention to this issue. You can't overstate the importance of the, this issue. You can't be too hyperbolic to try to help people understand what's happening, the untold harm that's been done by this president on purpose to hurt his own country.
1: Uh, it, 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 it is hard to comprehend, uh, but there's more there. I'm grateful House Republicans are digging in. Hopefully we'll get some answers that will help connect all of these dots, because it does look intentional on so many fronts. Congressman Bob Good, thanks for uh, thanks for taking time to join
3: us. Always great to see you. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. Tony, appreciate you.
1: All right, folks, uh, still more to come. We're going to be talking about uh, the Navy relying on an active duty drag queen to be an, a, a digital ambassador. That's coming up a little bit later. Also, out of Kansas, a women's bill of rights. We're going to be joined by the author of that bill next.
5: Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude All ignores the born fact born that both women and men person. are deeply and personally affected Where did by abortion. Come from? Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled, A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child who knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a
7: six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of Center life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Freedom for Each video is led by because well-known Christian voices and addresses questions no world. regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, Americans identity, and, and society.
5: It's so important
7: and for Christians to both the know the truth and to and live in a way do. that is compatible with every
5: the truth. Day to bring Being grounded
7: in what is true living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to, to truly transform one's own Indeed. life and ultimately help transform Jesus. a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. So combing through my notes. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, last week, I had the chair of the RNC, Rana McDaniel, on the program talking about the life issue. And I, I, I was commending her for leading the effort among Republicans to stand for life. Even when some are backing away from it, she's saying, no, we need to continue to address it. It's the right issue, and we need to talk about it the right way. And so I, I just want to encourage you to, uh, to to thank her and encourage her for taking such a strong position on life. And so I have a petition that I'm sending her just to encourage her. I mean, we're, we're very good about correcting them when they get it wrong, but let's help them know that we appreciate it when they get it right. And, and you you can be very helpful to me on this when we commend them for doing the right thing. It, it, it helps build those relationships and, and helps keep, on, keep them on the straight and narrow. So anyway, if you'd like to sign that petition, text RNC, that's R-N-C, those three letters, R-N-C, to 67742. That's 67742, 67742, the word RNC. You'll get a link and sign the petition. Help me do that. All right, speaking of doing the right things, Republicans in Kansas, in the Kansas state legislature, overrode the veto of their Democratic governor to pass a bill. Oh, it's a horrible bill. It, it simply says that you have to use the same facility that is in line with your gender. Your, your biological gender. All right? it, it defines an individual's sex as their biological sex at birth. Now, once enacted in July, when it takes effect, this law will have an immediate effect by protecting Not only women's and girls' sports, but also private spaces, including bathrooms, changing rooms, shelters, and prisons. I mean, whoever thought we'd have to do this? But I'm thankful for those leaders who are willing to do it. Joining me now to to talk about this from the state of Kansas is the author of SB 180. The Women's Bill of Rights is State Senator Renee Erickson. She represents the 30th District in Kansas. Senator, welcome to the
3: program.
8: Well, thank you so much for having me today.
1: Uh, I commend you on your courage and your bold stand to pass legislation that, you know, a few years ago, people would have uh, been shocked that you introduced it, thinking, why was it necessary? So tell us, why is this bill so important today?
8: You know, I couldn't agree more. Who would have thought that we would have to define what a woman or a man is? But that's the society we're living in. So what prompted it is, we see what's happening across the country and we have a Fairness in Women's Sports Act that uh, we got through. We overrode the governor's veto on that this year as well, but also just a broader stroke because we have biological men in women's prisons here in Kansas. And so to define that, uh, we that you have to go by your biological sex as determined at birth, either male or female, for privacy and safety. Uh, prompted the necessity of this bill.
1: Now, in the uh when the, when the bill came up, it it passed the house. It was uh, I think one vote short of a veto proof uh vote in the house. Um how confident were you that you were going to have the votes to override the governor's veto?
8: You know, we were pretty confident because our constituents, most Kansans um see the common sense of this, know what a woman is want us to protect the spaces for their daughters and granddaughters and sisters and mothers and so i know that uh, legislators were hearing very heavily from their constituents saying hey you need to pass this common sense legislation and protect the privacy and safety of our daughters and so um We were pretty confident the House was one short on their initial vote. They did have a couple of people gone that day. And we even had a Democrat in the House come over and support the bill, not in the Senate, but in the House. We had bipartisan support.
1: Again, Senator, I I, I commend you, especially in in Kansas. Sometimes we never know what's going to happen there in the state of Kansas. This is certainly encouraging and should encourage other states to take common sense steps like this. I'm going to ask you this question Uh, Not to facilitate the the message of the left, but I want you to be able to explain this so people understand what's happening here. This has been reported as an anti-trans bill. Why are opponents completely ignoring the intent here of protecting women and women's spaces?
8: Well, quite frankly, because if we framed it that way, who can argue against that? You know, the very people who say that they are for women's rights, who want to protect women's li- rights, who um, try to champion that and take that narrative are the very ones who are now saying, hey, you are anti trans or you're hateful, or, um, you know, they don't see it as a pro woman's issue. They see it as an anti-trans issue. And that's just the ideology of the left these days. And it's sad because this truly is about protecting women. And we've seen instances that have happened when we don't. And I'm just not willing to let that happen to my daughter and my granddaughters or anybody else's. And so this is a very positive, proactive bill, not um, an anti-bill or a hate bill at all. But that's how they try to frame any issue that they don't agree with these days.
1: Well, again, I I, I thank you for having the courage and the boldness to stand and say it's not. It's about protecting women and uh, it's encouraging to see other states. Uh, all across the country standing up and uh, taking similar stands. So, Senator Erickson, thanks so much for joining us today. And again, I commend you on the job well done.
8: Thank you so much. And I hope other states follow our lead and uh, pass similar legislation. I,
1: I agree 100%. All right, folks, uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to take up that issue of drag queens in the Navy trying to uh, to help them with their tanking recruiting numbers. Also, This same agenda has really infiltrated our foreign policy. We're going to be talking with former Congresswoman Michelle Pachman right after the break. Also, again, if you would like to sign this petition thanking the chair of the RNC, just text RNC to 67742. That's 67742. All right, stick around. We're coming back with more Washington Watch
7: after this. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to prayvotestand.org. Again, that's prayvotestand.org.
1: Right, that's the uh, the Biden administration. So the Navy is now, uh, they have influencers, uh, digital ambassadors, what they call it. It's an active duty drag queen. It's a part of a recent drive to, quote, attract the most talented and diverse workforce, end quote, and to uh, to combat the plunging recruitment. I mean, this is... Um, this is where our military has sunk. It, and it, it is being infiltrated with this agenda. But we're seeing it all across this administration. It has infiltrated our foreign policy as well. I mean, we're seeing now the State Department withholding foreign aid, which I'm not really crazy about foreign aid to begin with, but they're conditioning it upon adopting this radical sexual policy of this administration. Join me now to discuss this and more is uh, former Congressman Michelle Bachmann. She served in Congress for eight years. She was uh, on the House Intel Committee and she is now Dean of the Robertson School of Government at Regent University. Uh, and uh, she joins us now in studio. Dean Bachmann, welcome to Washington Watch.
4: Tony, thank you.
1: All right, so um, you know, it, it's laughable, it's probably I would say it's the uh, the punchlines of late night T V, but they probably are afraid to talk about it. Um, drag queens in the Navy.
4: Well that's emblematic of the number one priority now of the Biden administration. Drag queens. You know, they're putting them in preschools and in schools, but now it's in the military. And this is at a time when the military is really at its worst and top in terms of preparedness. They they've missed they've blown every Um, goal that they had for recruiting and so what this means is that they'll blow it even more because people don't want to join the military when this is the kind of garbage that they know that they're going to walk into. I think this is by design. It's it's intentional. I think this is an an administration that's trying to torpedo the military and military preparedness and this is just part of that agenda.
1: You were on the House Select Committee on Intelligence, mm-hmm. you have an understanding of the threats mm-hmm. toward this country. I mean, mm-hmm. just this week, Iran has seized two tankers in yes. the Strait of Hormuz. That's right. Uh, we've got uh, Putin now threatening to use uh, nuclear weapons. Um, we have a world that is just topsy turvy.
4: Well, that's why this makes perfect sense from the Biden administration perspective to put in a drag queen influencer because they're they're trying to send the signal of U.S. weakness militarily and economically so this emboldens every enemy that we have so
1: so let me ask you about what what's the yes okay yeah. so they want to do I, I agree there has to be some intentionality well, it's intentional
4: here. you you can't get it wrong but what's this, their end game
1: Is it like we're just, don't bother, we won't bother you, we're weak, we're incapable of doing anything? Or is it it, to open the gates of the country? I I
4: think it's obvious what the end game is here. They're seeking to have a, a platform for global governance where the United States is not the lead. You, if you look on almost every level their goal is to weaken the united states economically and militarily and from a moral perspective yeah. on the planet well that,
1: that that's the foundation of it but if you can
4: global governance yeah. is where they're headed okay that's well, their goal
1: let's i want i want to talk about the foreign policy and how this agenda has moved into the state department where you've got countries like uganda and and other countries that still have a moral fabric that are resistant to this whole uh, lgbtq mm-hmm. uh, agenda and so they're withholding foreign aid until they so
4: they're not really inclusive are they right. they're not terribly inclusive of people that have values that go against this lgbtq agenda so they're frauds first and foremost the state department are frauds they have a radical agenda that they're trying to promote i saw with it, our tax
1: dollars absolutely by the way.
4: i saw it traveling through south america central america yeah National leaders said that we're being held hostage because we have to prove to the U.S. State Department that we ran a gay pride parade or we don't get our our money. I've
1: I've heard it myself from ambassadors.
4: That's right. It's extortion. I
1: I want to talk about this global governance, because another issue you've been talking about, we've actually talked about Mm -hmm. this. This is the World Health Organization Mm -hmm. and this um, basically making them the pandemic police. That's the power that uh, Ted Rose, uh, the secretary general there, is, yes. is looking for.
4: He's looking for it. And remember, for the last three years, our country has operated under emergency powers. That's how President Biden operated. He was able to do lawless unconstitutional actions because he we he operated under emergency powers. Now he is seeking to give emergency powers to the WHO. So they would transfer from being an advisory-only body to a regulatory body with authority, and they could tell us what we can do with healthcare globally. Well, this creates a platform for the first time in history for global governance Th- this gives through the them... United Nations World Health but, Organization. But
1: this gives them more power than the United Nations itself actually has.
4: Yes, it would, because global governance would be run through the World Health Th- and Organization. And
1: they use they use health in scaring people mm-hmm. with their fear-mongering. Well, that's
4: what they've done for three years yeah. in the United States. And so we, they're just we've building on the beta on test. Yeah. So now they want to have the global test for global governance sent to the World Health Organization. And
1: we've talked about this, and this isn't
4: just some proposal.
1: No, no, it's this there. is
4: actually happening. They're,
1: they're, we, we've talked about it. there's two tracks here. There's the treaty or mm-hmm. the accord that they're mm-hmm. looking at, but there's also amendments yes. that they're working to their governing documents.
4: To introduce in Geneva, Switzerland, the last week in May. Right,
1: and w- members of Congress are concerned about this yes. and looking. and We've got there, and you and others have gotten their attention. To, to defund the WHO. The
4: greatest thing would be if Speaker McCarthy would tie raising the debt ceiling to having it President was, Biden get the United States out of the WHO, not give President yeah. Biden one more it, dime it was in the mix. until we get it back.
1: It was in the mix, but did not make it to the final uh, cut. It will be in the appropriations, but even but then, it may be too late. Well, I, I, it it I, it's I agree. possible
4: because this is an urgent situation. The vote could happen in Geneva, Switzerland, the last week of May, and that's why it's important that this get done.
1: And it's not just enough to cut the funding; you have to get the United States out.
4: You have to. President Trump did. Yeah. He gave the notice to the WHO that the United States is out because he saw what a disaster and, they made and in the Biden pandemic. And put his right back And in. he defunded them. But yeah. on the day Joe Biden was inaugurated, he put the United States back in the WHO right. that first day and restored funding. Yeah.
1: So my my point is, is my understanding, as I've talked to to members and, and others, that. We can't just cut off the funding. We've got to get out. We have
4: to get out. That's the only way. Right. That's the only way we can do it. But our goal is if the United States isn't in, we're the big dog. That changes everything. But it's a timing issue because it is an urgency. And people need to know we're not throwing around terms like global governance lightly. This is a real thing that they're looking at doing. And yeah. once you give away sovereignty to an organization like the U.N., absent a miracle, you don't get it back.
1: And, and we've seen how easily people are manipulated with the fear yes. that yes. was put out during the pandemic.
4: Yes, and then where do we go to appeal? We can't go to Congress. We can't elect a new president. You can't go to the Supreme Court. Once that power is transferred, it, the yeah. day is done.
1: And, and this is um, this is a first step. Yes, w- it is. I mean, they will not stop here.
4: No, that's right.
1: Michelle Bachman, always great to see Thank you. you. I forgot to mention in your list of accomplishments, you're also the chair of the Family Research Council. Board. My
4: high watermark.
1: Well, we are certainly <laughs> grateful for you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Well, folks, as I mentioned earlier today, there was another shooting, this time in Atlanta, Georgia. We have a clip of the Atlanta police chief earlier today.
2: We have a multi-jurisdictional effort underway to bring this individual to justice and ensure that we remove him from the street. Everyone considered him still armed and presenting a danger to whatever community he may find himself in at this time.
1: That was Atlanta Police Chief Jaron Sheerbaum. Um, You know, what's behind? I mean, it's almost like every day you're seeing another mass shooting uh, or some other act of lawlessness. I mean, it—it literally, people are talking about not wanting to go out, not be in large places, um, you know, and, and folks in law enforcement realize there's limited ability to stop these types of things. And it's not about the guns. What's going on here? Joining me now to uh, to talk about this is the former mayor of the Queen City, Cincinnati, Ohio, Ken Blackwell. Ken, welcome back to Washington Watch. Hey, Tony, it's
6: always good to be with you.
1: All right. Um, You're also, full disclosure, you're on the NRA uh, board. Uh, You and I hunt together, so uh, we are both Second Amendment advocates, former police officers, still work with law enforcement, have uh, some of my children in law enforcement. Uh, What's going on?
6: Well, Tony, today I've been writing down uh, notes as I've watched on TV the uh, facts being gathered in, in Atlanta. You know, when you have a a culture where innocent life can be just washed out uh, indiscriminately, uh, you have a culture of death. You -hmm. know, you couple that with defunding the police, demoralizing the police, the deconstruction of personal accountability, uh, where you make criminals victims. Uh, When you turn a blind eye to, to crime or reward it, you shouldn't be surprised that we get more more of it this is liberal lunacy uh and but it is really the destruction of of our culture of life and hope
1: but at the same time that they're throwing the door open to this lawlessness and i would say it's actually more than just throwing open the door i think they're they're inviting it they're fueling it but then they want to take away the ability of law-abiding citizens to protect themselves.
6: Oh, absolutely. And, and, and that's because they, in fact, uh, part of their strategy is to run God and faith out of the public which square. Which gives them more power Which gives the end them more the power. Day. That's right. That's because this. people will run to them saying, help us,
1: help us. And they'll say, well, give us this, give us this, lay down these rights, these freedoms if you
6: want safety. It is the design of totalitarianism. You know whether it is Marxism, whether it is you know the the growth of the the welfare state. You know they want government uh, to be the granters of our freedom, so not not God.
1: I, I agree with everything you've said. We're in 100% agreement. So let's talk now. And I bet most of our listeners are and viewers are as well. What do we do given this situation that it's escalating, the, and and there is concern among. Many of our listeners and viewers, I'm sure, are concerned about, you know, am I if I go to a mall? This was at a medical facility. If I go here, am I at risk? What do we do? Where do we start?
6: Well, first, we 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 can't retreat. We have to we we have to in, in, engage, uh, and we, as you say on on this program and and, and across the country, we have to take a stand, uh, because if we don't, uh, they will eat away eat away at our resolve uh, and. As you were just speaking with M- Michelle, the, 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 the objective here is to move away from a limited government, high reliance on individual responsibility and liberty. They want to create humanoids. Uh, they want to create uh, subjects, not so, free citizens. So, so let me go back to, to one of the points of the Marxists want to take
1: away the family. They also want to take away God mm-hmm. because they, they don't want any competition we have to recognize that this is in part spiritual there is a spiritual battle raging over this country and 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 we cannot shrink back from talking about this conflict between light and darkness between truth and deception uh between life and death i mean this is this is happening and we're seeing it in the streets with violence, but there is a spiritual side of this that I I, think we've opened the door to. Oh,
6: absolutely, Tony. And we must start with the fact that there's a very thin line between barbarism and civilization. And that line for us has been the centrality of God in the life of this nation. And so those enemies of the nation want to drive God and faith out of the public square, destroy the family, which is the incubator of liberty, uh, and uh, we just can't let that happen. Well, so I think it, it
1: recognizing the spiritual side of this is that we we need to be praying. We need to be praying uh, for law enforcement, those on the front lines. But we need to be praying that this lawlessness would be restrained. And I know that immediately the left wants to go to the instruments that were used. But I go, I go back to Genesis when Cain and Abel you know, God didn't, uh, there was no, in fact, it's not even mentioned what he used to kill his brother. Um, we don't even know what it was. It, it wasn't the instrument in the hand. It was the intent in the heart. That's right. And if we, if we continue to push religion and I, I, mean, I say religion, the gospel to the recesses of our society, we're going to get more of this. We need to be bold in bringing the gospel and the hope of mankind to the forefront of our discussion.
6: Oh, absolutely. And, and, you, you just summed it up. You know, we cannot let the darkness of this time and this effort uh, by the godless uh, overtake us.
1: Regardless of what they say, what names they use, or, or you know what
6: fit they throw, we cannot be silent. We can't curse the darkness. We must light candles and pierce the darkness with our light. Uh, Ken Blackwell, always great to see you. Thanks so much for stopping by the studio today. Tony, always good to be with you.
1: All right, Ken Blackwell, former mayor of Cincinnati and senior fellow here at the Family Research Council and a pretty good shot when we go deer hunting. All right, uh, again, if you would help me sign this petition to Rana McDaniel, the uh, chair of the RNC, just text RNC to 67742. Commend her for her strong pro-life stand. We're out of time. I wish we had a whole nother hour, but we don't. So, until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians six, where he says, "When you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing."
0: Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council 7234.